shot first. Come on, grab your friends. We're gonna talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Oled and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greeter shot first. Hey, uh, Connor. What? What? What are you? What are you doing? Oh, nothing. I'm just getting ready for some new games coming our way. A lot of new Star Wars excitement. You know how it is, man. But one what? thing's been troubling me. You know that? What's that? I think it was the last time we actually met. We got kind of confused on Dooku and his position as the Phantoms, Phantoms, Phantoms Menace and stuff like that. Right. Or even so much of who is the Phantom Menace. But I have an even better question. Uh-huh. I think you actually broached this question beforehand, so I'll give you the credit for it. <laughs> what is the Phantom Menace? Or rather, what is a Phantom Menace? Or however you want to kind of phrase it out. I mean, to you, what is the Phantom Menace, Andrew? <laughs> well, to me, the Phantom Menace is the taxation of trade routes to whatever it is. <laughs> Galactic Republic systems, something like that, or the Outer Rim, or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking. What is the Phantom Menace? There's so many things in like the actual like Star Wars lore. I feel like could actually play the Phantom Menace. Yes. All right. So without the obvious ones being brought forth, like one that comes to mind is Jabba, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> okay. Listen. Explain. Wait. We know about Jabba, right? Yeah. And we know that Han has some kind of, you know, deal or debt to Jabba. And so he's always driving Han to do basically what he has to do to make money to basically pay him back in in one way or another. Yes. So in the movies, we don't even see him until Return of the Jedi. And I feel like maybe he is In the Han's. proper movies anyway. In, in, yeah, in the proper <laughs> movies. I feel like he is Han's personal Phantom Menace. <laughs> like it's kind of that thing it's always hanging over his head or something. That's a deep cut. It is a deep cut. I don't I know. I like that. No, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't want to... <laughs> I, I honestly, I try not to go like media scholar route that often. Okay. Um, but that is kind of like what I have a background in, actually. All right. Um, but I mean, I believe if you truly analyze the Phantom Menace for what it is, mm-hmm. you will conclude that what George Lucas is saying is that this is a very, what seems to be a very minor skirmish on a kind of backwater world that t- sets off the events that would ultimately tip the galaxy into total darkness for 20 plus years. Yeah, that's very true. And to, I mean, to even add a serious note to this, I know it's not canonical anymore, but Darth Plagueis, the book. Right. They, they, they even use a phantom menace, if you will. Like, I think it's a phrase that Plagueis actually used. Yeah. He uses it to describe, like, their goal mm-hmm. as the Sith. Because the whole idea behind the Sith is they're supposed to be hidden in plain sight, you know, like just working themselves up in the shadows, building up their, you know, their, I don't know, the confederation, if you will. Yes. You know, of just like ne'er-do-wells, this and that, all these different back alley deals and all this kind of stuff. And they're just kind of like driving the Jedi towards their ultimate destruction. Absolutely. So that's, I think that's the honest answer. I think that's the true (laughs) Phantom Menace. Yeah, I feel like I... It started in a funny place, and then I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to be real here. <laughs> I know, I know, but still, I had to get our points across. Me, you know why. 
Why is that, Connor? Because it's Utapute, everybody. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Greedo's Shot First. My name is Connor. My name is Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. Especially, what is the Phantom Menace? What is the Phantom Menace? And the combination of cold and concert voice that I'm currently espousing into this <laughs> microphone. Are you okay? I'm fine, but it's like, I don't know if it's just allergies... It could be. Like, it's just like allergies have been so miserable this uh, year. I know. I, um, and I just like I can't get over it. So like I have a stuffy nose, but I was also at a concert last night. Ooh, yeah. Oh, was, well, yeah. Uh, you're up against a bunch of sweaty people and stuff like that. It's yeah, that's not. Well. Yeah, it's not a helpful. And well, it was raining. Oh my god, that's right. Well, how <laughs> how bad did it even come down last night? I mean, there were parts that were pretty gross, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah. I I mean I I I think I saw some video that it was like actually outdoors and everything i was like oh because yeah. i knew you and a couple of friends were there and everything yeah. so well as long as you're kind of feeling up to par today you look good so what the hell oh, thank you i'll take it. <laughs> um i know personally i i think eva and i have been suffering pretty hard eva for the most part like she's going through a lot right now and uh with a like the medication like she had to find out what would what she could take that wouldn't mess with her you know mm -hmm. her medication right now sure and so it's just it's turned into this whole thing of like she has to have a box of kleenex with her all the time yeah i'm kind of the same way like i don't have allergies but it's definitely picking up in me yeah it's just ugh, you yeah. know so yeah i feel like it's just been like this little lingering thing that's just been holding on for i don't know for like a month now yeah a little like uh, well, yeah, hang her on, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, to get at it, we're doing an interesting topic today. Yes. I think uh, the title is basically, this was your plan? Like, yeah. something like that. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, to kind of give it broad strokes, uh, Andrew and I are kind of going to do something that we don't usually do, I think, and kind of give some, like, cons to, <laughs> yes. you know, plans. For the, for the most part, I feel like when we talk about the movies and the lore and all this kind of stuff, we usually give it the benefit of the doubt. We right. hold it up. Yeah. But I think tonight we're actually going to like, I, I, you know, you're going to explain You're going to explain a scene to me. Yes. I'm going to explain a scene to you. Yes. They both involve these. Yes. And it's up to the respective person they are telling the plan to to say that's a bad plan. That was your plan. You know, well, it's stuff right. like that. <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely. It, it should be interesting to see. Well, I don't I'm, know. I'm excited for this. Like, I could honestly see this becoming like a recurring kind of topic. I would know, love every, to do something like periodically because I feel like there's a lot of these in Star Wars. All right, well, and by and large, we kind of gloss over them. But... Oh my god, yeah. Well, I mean, that's just it. Yeah, I, I, I never like bad mouthing these movies to right. begin with. I mean, it's obvious that, like I've always said before, you're gonna have problems with any movies you go and see. Yeah, but like. All right, so uh, just as a random example, I went and saw Godzilla this weekend, uh -huh. and uh, I went and saw it with my best man, Jake, and me and him, the whole time we're watching this movie, we are just enjoying it. We were like one of five people in the entire theater, and me and him were both just there for Godzilla and all the other monsters, and that's what we got. It was a slugfest, but at one point, Jake just leans over and just goes, this story is terrible. And I was like, yeah. He's like, but the monsters are great. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you kind of, you kind of get, you know, you kind of get and you give, you know? Yes. Look, as much as everyone holds up the Avengers, there's still problems with it. Oh, uh, yeah. As hard definitely. as it is to believe that, I think there's people out there who just kind of like, you know, like throw it to the side. Hot, hot take and coming. Ooh. The original Avengers movie mm -hmm. is one of my least favorite in the, the uh, MCU. Wow. Yeah. I thought we were friends. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I mean, it's just, to me, it's just like two by the, like, paint by numbers. You know what, for what it's worth, yeah, because I think they were still coming out of the, uh, like, the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, right. like, era. I mean, there was still some of that bad blood kind yeah. of out there. Oh, for sure. And, well, like, and it wasn't until, like, Phase 2, I would say, that, like, the individual characters kind of took on a life of their own. Yeah. Like, they were, you know, kind of in the Phase 1, they just were the comic book character they had to introduce them right you know and i mean it's the same thing anyone says with like the first store and the first cap it's like it's kind of just there to be there yeah you know and they had to build up what it eventually became the avengers and somehow it worked yeah but honestly if you look at the broad strokes of how many movies are in this now i couldn't i really couldn't chagrin you for that because it's like like you say it is a paint by the numbers like they're still going off of what they already know yeah so but it is an epic you know, thing altogether. Yeah, and that's not to say that I'm like, oh, this is a bad movie. Like, <laughs> it's a great movie. I'm just saying, out of all of the spectacular movies in the MCU, right? It still is kind of towards the, like, probably at least in the back half. For all me. right. Anyway. Well, now I was going to say, uh, I had, it, I guess I kind of have a relation with this movie as I do with like Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that like there's a story behind how I first saw it, which was essentially that we went, uh, me and my old buddy Matt, we went to. Uh, Trader Jack's, like an old flea market around here, and I found a bootleg copy of The Avengers uh-huh. that I got a week before it actually came out in theaters. <laughs> and so we went home and watched it, and it was more or less legit. I mean, it's bootleg, so obviously right. people are, you know, it's handheld or whatever. Yeah. And I think it started like three minutes in, so like it started <laughs> just before Loki came, stuff uh-huh. like that. But it was still like, holy crap, and there were so many cool parts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then next thing you know, we like we showed up at the movies a week later to go see the Avengers. Yeah. And we were like, should we tell them? You know, should we tell them? You know, you know Hulk punches Thor. No! You know, <laughs> something like that, you know. But it was just, yeah. I, you know, it's it's that kind of relation with that movie that I kind of have. It's like, well, this is why I like it. Not so much just the movie, but like, you'll still have fun watching at least the final part of it. Yes. But I will say it is jarring watching that and then seeing Cat pick up a gun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you that know, it's definitely like, a different era. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, I mean, obviously Black Widow, obviously Hawkeye, but then all of a sudden you see, you know, Cap, who's just known for his shield and punching people. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, an AR-15 or whatever, just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> start spraying the guy. Um, we should probably talk Star Wars though. Yeah, we can get onto the Star Wars talk. <laughs> I don't mind. I love Here. talking this. I'll bring this up because I feel like I was the one that put it on the news agenda let's do it so the very first item before we get into kind of the more important news is if you are in the pittsburgh area and you happen to be listening to this Mm -hmm. i just wanted to point out that they're going to show the original trilogy at the uh rango's giant screen at the carnegie science center which is the way to see something it is that's where i saw the last jedi and i'm pretty like talking about like you know viewing experience oh yeah that's like I think part of why it still resonates so well to me. And you think about like the way that the Rango's set up because it's it's like an overhead like theater almost. Well, like, no, it is just like a normal projection screen now. Like, okay, they kind of redid it, and, oh. and so now it's just like as like it, I think it's like six stories tall, what? S- like screen. <laughs> yeah, but wow. it's just like a normal like more or less flat screen. That's fair. Yeah, I just remember like. I think it was like, you know, middle school or whatever, like whatever, however young I was going there on a field trip 
and we went to like the theater to go and see this amazing movie. It was an IMAX movie, like the first time you ever saw it. Mm -hmm. And it was just the image of like a, you know, an eagle flying through a valley or something like that. But I remember being in that theater and thinking to myself, like, if I just lean forward just a little bit, I am going to fall and never stop. Well, yeah, also that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a steep theater. Yeah. Yeah. but which, kinda, it's, it's good though yes. I think it's good you know yeah but so that's uh, that's kind of what they've done there but so they are airing all of the original trilogy it's actually late this month yeah uh, late July uh, no June uh, oh sheesh when, sorry like, uh, A New Hope is Wednesday June 26th uh, Empire Strikes Back is June 27th and Return of the Jedi is June 28th and then they're also doing weekend shows ooh okay um, yeah so, so I mean I I can see a scenario where I would really like to go to that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you got to convince Emily to, you know, go on a date night. And it's like, yes. it's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's star Wars. Well, you know what? I mean, this wouldn't happen to be happening when they have one of their 21 plus nights. I hope. Oh, I don't know. That would actually make it all the more interesting. Yeah. Cause then you can get like a, a fancy cocktail while you're at it. Yeah. The evening shows are at 7 PM, which, pro- which kind of sounds to me like after the, museum itself has closed exactly yeah so. it's usually around five o'clock yeah but uh, like when they do the 21 plus nights it goes till about nine or ten i think yeah i've been to a few of them they're fun uh if you ever get the chance that is also a fun thing i think it's usually like the first or last friday of every month mm-hmm. so this sounds like it'd be right up their alley yeah i've actually never been to the science center for one i've been to other like uh museums after dark you do the heinz heinz no i've been to the uh art and natural history museum now i'm jealous of that because i think didn't they do like a harry potter one they did we didn't get to go to that though it like sold out in like minutes oh i'll believe it uh, i think we went to one that was like beauty and the beast inspired or something <laughs> like that hey that's uh, that could still be cool yeah honestly i mean i think we had a, a very fun time well yeah i mean it's a museum yeah it's, you know where's where's ben stiller it's a night at the museum <laughs> exactly so i mean i know i would love to go on like a Jurassic Park night and stuff like that, obviously yeah. with the dinosaurs right. and everything. For sure, it's just kind of seeing everything in a new light. To, you know, yeah. to put a, you know, a pun around it. I guess. I yeah, I, I completely agree dark. with that. So. I guess one other addendum to that is I know they're also uh, like actually uh, at the Benedum, I believe, is Ooh. where they're doing it. They're doing a Empire Strikes Back live in concert night right. on July nineteenth. I yeah. believe. I think. Uh, if we go, I mean, I'm no, you know, I'm not going to give you any kind of warning. I'm probably going to cry on your shoulder at some point. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. We have, we've definitely talked about, like, <laughs> we kind of have tentative plans, plans yeah. in place for that one. So we'll figure it out. I yeah. know it, it's still Tom. Com- it was it July 19th or something like that. I believe that's what I saw. Uh, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But regardless, yeah, if you're in town, come check it out, man. It's, I mean, yeah. you can't pass up a chance to see this stuff on the big screen. It, it really is just the way to see it. No, absolutely. So, Especially yeah. if you have youngins who've never seen it before. Yes. You know, so. Yeah, so. And if you're there, reach out to us. Maybe we'll be there. Yeah, what the and heck? We'll, we'll say hey for sure. Check us out. Greedo <laughs> shop first. That's us. <laughs> uh, so in other news, um, I mean, I guess we should just go right off and say it. E3 happened this weekend. Yes. Now, see, I, although it wasn't like at E3. Well, see, that's just it. I thought E3 was happening this coming weekend. Yeah. I was completely taken. Well, by it's just surprise. it's all stupid now. Like I, I feel like E3 ruined a good thing that they had going. Yeah. By like, I I don't want to get into like all of the politicking of it or whatever, but like I've always heard that like they just kept charging more and more to have events there. Yeah. And, like basically, it just got to the point where. Like all of the developers and all of like the the console manufacturers were just like, 
yeah, we're not going to go. We're going to do our own event Which, that overlaps with E3. It, I mean, I think that's what PlayStation did last year. Yeah. Something like that, because they, they just didn't bother going at all or whatever. Yeah. And then a lot more people bailed this year. Mm. So, now, yeah, I mean, I mean, just... Uh, just um, yesterday or the day before, I think it was like all the Xbox, well, quote unquote exclusives. Yeah. And, and Project Scarlet. Which, which was Pro- Project Scarlet? Well, that's going to be the next gen Xbox console. Oh, wow. So, yeah, what did they have? It was like the X and then the XJ or something like that. Or so, I don't even know how it's going wow. anymore. Yeah. Xbox X or something. XY. Sword and Shield. No, that's a different thing. <laughs> yes, it is. That does actually look kind of good. It does. I mean, just the idea that it's an open world Pokemon. I mean, come on. Yeah, so, I'm into it. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, but, all right, so let's get down to it. Star Wars uh, video games. Before we get into the big one, let's just talk the obvious one. Yes. Legos. Yes. Legos, my Legos, brother. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'm, I, I'm really excited for that. I mean, I, I definitely remember playing both the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy yeah uh games i mean i'm guessing that was on ps3 ps2 ps3 yeah uh, that was like one of the first games i ever 100 percented. like it was like, yeah it was the only time i ever got 100 percent. i was like wow i could do it you yeah know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was just that it was that addictive right you know, it's it's simple to pick up and you can play with a friend mm. you know i mean Honestly, like what makes up most of like even I's playtime is when we play Legos together. Like right. right now, we're playing the Jurassic Park Legos game. Okay, and it's terrific. Mm-hmm. And we have the the Force Awakens one that had um, you know all the Force Awakens plus a bunch of like little DLCs and everything like that. Mm-hmm. This is not just the complete saga. Yes, it is the Skywalker saga. Right. So they're they're making that distinction right off the bat. Yes. And it's going to be exciting. It's going to include all nine films. Yes. And so I think it's actually coming out like almost early to mid-2020 next year. Right. Obviously, next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But yeah. But yeah, I think it's like they're, <laughs> they're slating it for like a second quarter 2020 or something like that. That makes sense. May figure maybe between April and July or something like mm-hmm. that, I think is what it's... I know there's an exact date. I'm kicking myself for not knowing it right yeah. now. But I love these games. I think that was the first LEGO game I ever played. It's like one of the reasons I love LEGO so much. Yeah. And you just can't go wrong with it. it yeah. It's a great time. No, I agree. I mean, it's... Uh, well, we kind of talked about this um, on the Games and App podcast. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, LEGO Star Wars is the top-selling Star Wars game of all time. And for a reason. For good reason. Yeah. 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 I mean, they are just a lot of fun. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things that it is perfect to, you can pick it up with your young children, you know, probably like five years and up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but it is also one of those things where if you actually want to go for that hundred percent or whatever, it's like, it's going to break you down pretty pretty darn well <laughs> unless you get that multiplier yeah oh forget about it i've already told eve as much as like look this game isn't fun until i get the first multiplier <laughs> yeah i just want to get all the like, you know all the little studs that i can yeah and i'm trying to like hold off on buying any more characters or vehicles <laughs> or anything in this game i'm like mm-hmm. save it yeah you know so <clears throat> well let's keep an eye out for that i'm i mean i i know they're gonna have more details there's not much you need to know about it but it's like It'll definitely be interesting, and I'm excited to see how they're able to pack all that into just one game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, like, if it will... I mean, I know they've remastered it, like, even for current-gen consoles. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But like, I wonder if it'll be like a remaster of the first six films or if it'll be like a, you know, an actual complete reproduction. If they did the reproduction, they'd have to do it right because the very first Lego game, like the complete saga, mm-hmm. there was no dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, it was maybe right. like sound effects here and there, anything yeah. like that. But then they would move on to different properties, like the Jurassic One in particular, or like Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that. Like they'll actually use dialogue from the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if they were to do it right, I feel like they have they have all the opportunity to do it right now. Just you know, take the you know take some liberties. Uh, Cut some sound bites here and there, chewy scream, all that kind of stuff. Whatever, yeah. it should work. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, you know, we'll get because th- I mean, just to put brass tacks into it, like the complete saga, no dialogue. Force Awakens comes out, there is dialogue, but it's okay. from the movie. Uh-huh. And then there are other parts where there's actually like you know voiceover they did after the fact, which is actually like the actors doing their voices. Like Gwendolyn Christie did some. Um, Adam Driver did some, you know, for basically like all the DLC ones. Like, <laughs> I think there was one one like you actually played as Phasma and Kylo Ren, and you're like flying their respective ships. And there's one point where it's like Kylo Ren's like, "Keep it up, Captain! Great, Captain!" Like just sounding so angry but <laughs> yeah. so excited. And it was like, "This is freaking hilarious." That's pretty good. <laughs> so I, I'm excited for that. Keep an eye out. But let's yes. get into it, shall we? Yes. You say it because I'm gonna screw it up. So we got our our first trailer, yes, gameplay trailer, yes, for uh, Star Wars Jedi uh, colon Fallen, fallen order. order. I'm always gonna call it Fallen Jedi if this saved my life. <laughs> I cannot get it right. Oh my god! Well, I'm just gonna keep pointing out the colon usage so that then you'll eventually be like, oh wait, no, the Jedi's on the other side of the colon. That's true. But then there's a semicolon for the subtitle or something. I don't know. It's like, where did the parentheses come in? I mean, come on. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right, so Fallen Order. Let's just... Yeah, keep, Fallen Order is sufficient it, yeah, for sure. We'll keep it shorthand. Um, so, did you watch the whole thing? Well, I watched the... Like, I watched the fifth... Like, the, well, 13 and a half minutes or whatever mm-hmm. of like actual gameplay. Okay. I know in, so in like, so game informer, it's like their cover story of the month. Right. Um, and they talked about another scene that they saw. And I don't know if anybody got to see that outside of like Andrew Reiner who wrote mm. the story. Okay. Um, but it was more of like, I, I won't call it like a quick time event, but it was like a different type of gameplay from, that kind of leads directly into like this little bit of Kashyyyk that we get to see. Right. All right. So for sure, this was Kashyyyk that they were on. Yes. Do you want to kind of lay out what happened a little bit? Kind of, <laughs> I mean, we don't have to lay it out step for step like I did with the VR game. Right. But like just the idea that like, all right, so let's just start from the beginning. Yeah. Who the heck are we working for? Well, we get to see Sagarera. Woo! Oh, my God. And they do confirm in the Game Informer article that it is Forrest Whitaker doing that, the voice. That is cool. That's awesome. Because I saw it, and I heard his voice, and I was like, lies. Deception. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but, yeah, because you said as much before when I when I asked you about that. Like, I didn't realize he actually did it in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Or, or well, no, not in Clone Wars, but in Rebels. Yeah, because yes. he was younger in Clone Wars. Right. But, yeah, I, I, I always thought it was, like, the same guy who did it. Four Clone Wars mm-hmm. did it in Rebels. Just they did just, a different affectation. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. Well, I've grown up since the last time you saw me. Like that kind of crap. You right. Know? 
But you sounded like Watto there. <laughs> <laughs> I did just get that pop. I showed you, you that. Yes, yes. Woo! When we get when we move into our new office, I'm gonna put that right in there. <laughs> That's my present to you. Well, thank also, you. like a three foot Ewok, but still. <laughs> I don't really need a three foot Ewok. You don't I just need wanna... it, but the audience needs to see it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if we ever get to that point, yes. like I want there's you know you on one side, me on the other. Warwick, you know, <laughs> Wicked W. Warwick is right there in the middle. That's my man. I first pick off the bounty yes. in the draft. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and you're spoiling my scoop for later. All right, sorry. It's all right. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, you're working with Saw. Yes. Now, here's the deal. At one point, it looks like Saw and his cadre are actually like on a separate mission. And then your character, Cal, kind of like just, just in, you know, intercepts them. Mm-hmm. in a way yeah so i mean that's I, I i guess i'll address it this way that that is addressed in the uh game informer article mm-hmm. um i don't like i don't know that i want to say it because like if you're just genuinely don't want to know anything about the story i won't say it no <laughs> well, so, you, let's just we'll i'll kinda... just say that if you are curious go read the game informer article. yeah that's not a bad way of putting it okay yeah well, I think just, I mean, just in general, like I said, I, I, I'm hyped that they're they are just making his character that much more concrete in the lore, including it with so much more. Because, like, they could have just left it at Rogue One, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. But, like, they're actually bringing him back. They're making him just much more, like, of a present character. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved him in Rebels. Like, yeah. he was one of my favorites. Because it's just, it's just a different perspective. Right, exactly. I mean, I think... You know, that again, I feel like this has been a little bit of a, a Disney theme is that they do kind of actually, surprisingly for Disney, kind of explore <laughs> those, uh, like those gray characters a little bit more. Right. And he's certainly one of those. Where, oh, yeah. You know, he is a rebel. He's fighting for the same exact thing that, you know, Luke and Leia are fighting for in the original trilogy. It's just a matter of how he's doing but it. But the way that he does it is very different. Yeah. But so, is it that different? It, oh, yeah, that's true. Because there's always that question of like, are you really the good guy? You know, like, yeah. you know, look at what you've done. Right. But also to that end. So you get, let's get back to the gameplay. Um, obviously, at this point, they're working together and whatever reason, you know, they're just they're on the same mission. Right. Yes. He's saying, all right, Jedi, you go do your thing and we're going to go do ours. Mm-hmm. Also, there's this Wookiee that doesn't look really good. Did you see that? Yeah, I mean, they do say in the uh, like in the very first moments of that the gameplay trailer, mm-hmm. they do show that this is like alpha level footage. All right, so it's not so complete. it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's still pretty far from. I mean, as as much as they've production. done production, yeah. as much as they've done with like the Wookies and Chewie and like Battlefront, mm-hmm. like it looks okay, but you can still tell it's kind of not like as flowy as you'd like it to right. be. Right, and that's probably like. You know, like I feel like all the other character models actually looked pretty okay. No, yeah, I mean, I mean just, they they weren't maybe like literally cutting edge per no, se, no. but you know, but it's probably just like a little bit of texture tweaking and they'd be fine, right? Like they would look that way. But like, yeah, this Wookiee probably like needs a lot of that kind of texture mapping and stuff that's yeah. just going to take time. I mean, that's honestly that's the smallest pet peeve you could ever ask. Otherwise, like you know, this game, it I mean, it definitely looks stunning. Mm-hmm. And not to mention that just the gameplay itself, I mean, already looks interesting. And a lot, I've I've read a lot of people related as, you know, it is a Uncharted, uh, Dark Souls esque kind of runner. Um, I know that Sekiro, I guess you have like a grappling hook, and that's I mean at one point it looks like that's what you kind of go for, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean it's just cool. You get to see how he uses the force and everything like that. Now let me ask you this. I was having a hard time kind of coming to terms with Cal just 
straight up murdering people. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, look, I, I know it's a video game. You're supposed to do whatever you want and everything like that. But if this is supposed to be canonical sense and stuff like that, right. you need to address something like this. Yeah. Now, like when it comes to Force Awa- or the, the Force Unleashed, mm-hmm. you're you're just a bad Jedi. You're a Sith. Right. Yeah. You know, it's obvious you're supposed to go around and slash the heck out of everything. Mm-hmm. But then you see Cal, who was training to become a Jedi, and all of a sudden he's like, ah, he just like force brings the person to him and stabs him. Yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> well, first you know he's he's supposed to be on the off on the defense, not the offense, right? And so it's kind of like I don't know. Yeah, and that's actually a fair point. I mean, I think you know it's it's easy to kind of look at the game from you know kind of a game perspective and be like oh that looks so awesome like i can't believe all that you know like and this move set looks great but at the same time i think it is valid that it's like yeah you know a lot of what we see is kind of not very jedi like yeah i mean i mean that also could be to the fact that like obviously he's not lost his way, but he's just, you know, he was in yeah. the middle of his training and, right. you know, that we, this is where he picks up his story and everything like that. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I mean, I, look, I, like I said, I, it, this is complete nitpicking. This is not mm-hmm. any kind of like, um, you know, demoralizing of the game itself or anything like right. that. I'm just speaking from a point of view of just like, if it's, you know, if you're supposed to be a Jedi, I feel like you should be more of the calm, cool, collect Jedi we come to know and love and all this kind of stuff. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you look at, uh, um, Kanan and yeah. Ezra and how they played themselves. Yeah, they don't necessarily always, you know, totally uh, stick to the code. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think that reflects like a certain level of just like, yeah, we physically can't do that anymore because like <laughs> it's impossible. Well, fair enough. Uh, I, it, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I the game, like I said, the game looks great. The force powers look great. The lightsaber combat, it definitely has weight to it. It definitely looks like it, you know, it's not just kind of cutting the air. Like, it will have obstructions that'll cause, like, stop yeah. it and everything like that. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, I thought that looked very solid, you know. I yeah. mean, they, like, I feel like they had promised that there would be dismemberments. <laughs> and, like, we didn't really see any actual dismemberments. But, like, I mean, they're probably still, I'm guessing they're still gunning for, like, a teen rating. Yeah, maybe. Um, they don't want it to be M.A. I mean, to that end, I mean, the whole idea behind dismemberment. Or just M. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, the whole idea behind dismemberment in general is that it's um, it's cauterized. Right. It's a hot... So it's not going to bleed. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, you look at any other time that a, a limb is cut off. Like, the first time you saw Luke lose his hand, there should have been a, a shower of freaking blood afterwards. But yeah. no, it got cauterized. Yeah. So I, that was always usually the answer. It's like, yeah, you could cut his head off, but it's not going to bleed. It's cauterized. Yeah. So that's kind of how I always looked at it. I mean, right. That's that's a simple solution. It's not the, the best answer. I know that. Yeah. And, um, like, I, I mean, it kind of works. That I mean, at least in terms of what we mostly see in the gameplay trailer, it's like it is mostly stormtroopers yeah and stormtrooper adjacent oh yeah there's the, the guy who's like i trade for this like there's actually like jedi troopers that yeah are like anti-jedi troopers or yeah. something so i keep forgetting what they're called like they address it in the uh in the celebration panel really yeah but i, I don't remember what they're called now well i mean it, it, it goes to my point that i was talking about when we talked about you know the force unleashed and everything like that they're gonna have to have maybe just a cadre of you know generic new star you know stormtroopers that will pose a challenge mm-hmm. you know they have stun pikes and everything like that right so, yeah and like his fighting with the the scouts the and scout like troopers that. had like a they had like a stun little pike yeah or something electro like that. blade kind of thing let me to that end let's say it's it just looks i mean uh i'm just trying to think of the best way to describe it i don't know i 
I think that there could be a lot of potential. Obviously, it's not final. Right. Um, I am excited to see what the final product is. And, like, I think I'm still going to get this game, you know. <laughs> yeah. I know that everyone's kind of cautiously optimistic because it's being a- EA. Right. So, I mean, I don't want to put myself up on the forefront because I did that with Battlefront. <laughs> And I, you know, it's a lot of money. I can't get back. Yeah. I mean, I still like the game, but it took a year for the game to become good. Right. You know, yeah. so I don't know. I I, I don't want to like, I don't want to turn anyone away from what could be possibly like one of the best games of the year. Right. But I'm also just interested to see how the story comes about. Now, can we talk little details? Sure. The spiders. Yes. I look, all right. We we started watching it, right? And or well, yeah, I was watching it with Eva. She was, you know, she was wasn't paying attention. <laughs> but it, I me, I'm like zoned in. I'm watching this whole thing and like as soon as the spiders come after her, I was trying to explain this to her, but she wasn't having any of it. She's just, eh, okay. Um, I told her, it was like, you don't understand. Like, if I remember correctly, because I was just thinking to myself, like, they have to free the Wookiees. And I was like, wait, they're on Kashyyyk? Like, it was like all, you know, I'm putting the puzzle puzzle pieces together. And then they bring up the spiders. And it's like, oh, oh my God, I know those. Yeah. And I know them because of the Aftermath books. Right. So, I don't know about you. That was one of, the, that was one of my favorite parts of the book. Basically, because Sinjir just despises spiders. Yeah, have I told you I hate you? Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, it like there is a point in the aftermath books where the the giant spiders of Kashyyyk play a pivotal role. Um, you know, in uh, the liberation of Kashyyyk, I guess. <laughs> yes. I don't know. That's probably the easiest way to say it. That is, that's a good way to phrase it. Yeah, but. I don't know, just seeing that and some of the other, like, fauna and flora and all that kind of stuff, I was yeah. like, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, always, it, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's one of the things that, you know, they are going to have to, like, as Disney tries to build this new version of Star Wars outside of the films, mm-hmm. like, that's something that they're going to have to be mindful of, is like, you know, I think in the expanded universe canon and in the games of your like it was no issue to just kind of be like oh well yeah like this race also known as this race also known as this race which is like you know how many different names something picks up along the way how or, can you make it up yeah you know but i think they really they don't want to go to that level of like having to retcon everything so they can't really introduce that much new stuff so they're going to have to be creative in using existing things that have been introduced in the new canon which i think they're doing a good job of yeah and i you know i i i always subscribe to the idea that it's a big galaxy and you can't possibly know all of the species out there or all of the planets you know it, that's how it's all going to get told you know it's it's going to be told to us by proxy and everything <laughs> like that you know can i bring up a uh, something that i've noticed recently sure what the rebels well, so you're kind of like familiar with like the Star Trek First Contact premise, right? More or less. Is, like, it, is it? Go ahead. Like if they encounter an indigenous species, right? They won't inter- interfere. Yes. Uh, and like that's the protocol from Star Command, Starfleet. Yes. So we actually see that the Empire has that. Oh yeah. In okay. the first Thrawn, like new Thrawn book. Yeah, I, I forget the actual phrase, but it was essentially just a new species, like. Oh, here we got to roll out the red carpet for this person and introduce ourselves because they were still under the Republic protocol at the time. Yes. Even though they were called the Empire, they still had all the Republic codes and laws and whatnot. Guess who doesn't have any such thing? (laughs) Who's that? The Rebels. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. (laughs) Think about the poor Ewoks. Their society has been forever altered. 
because of the yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah uh i you could argue that the empire ruined it first i don't know i but i think the empire was content to just leave them alone like that, they weren't going to interfere that's true I mean, the rebels weren't trying to get at the Ewoks either. They just got caught in the net, you know, <laughs> whatever happened. You know, Chewie was thinking with his stomach and you know, one thing leads to another. Uh, <laughs> that's curious, you know, now that you mentioned that. I, I, I never really thought about that. But in the broad strokes, though, if you're thinking about like if you're if you're relating the rebels to the New Republic, I'm sure that the New Republic would have those laws instated at some point. Oh, yeah. But if it's rebels, then yes. They're just out to try and hide from the Empire, whatever possible. And I think there's right. a lot of points in the comics where there's like, oh, we crash landed on this, the outside world, other than like a transport that comes every six weeks or something like that. So mm. <laughs> welcome to this place for yeah. now. Yeah. You know, we don't know anything about the Empire or the Rebellion, but yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Hope you survive. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know. It's just so weird. Yeah. No, it's fair. It's just a a minor quibble. Oh, for sure. Just getting warmed up for uh, what's coming. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I'll say this. The last the last bit of news. I mean, do you have anything else you want to say about the game? Um, I feel like we kind of. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's a, a decent addressing of that for now. I, I will say that I did see that they had like a, a pre-order promotion. Yeah. I think it's something along the lines of like you get uh, a few new skins for you and your little robot buddy, BD. Yeah. Um, you get like a new color for your light blade, your, your lightsaber blade color. Um, I think that's it. I also, I think you get like a skin for your ship as well. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah. Um, what do you think of BD? I like it. Yeah? So far. So far. He's not I mean, annoying yet or anything. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I I mean, they keep, like, repeatedly throughout, the, like, the Game Informer article, they refer to it as, like, this is basically your dog. Oh, yeah, I can so. see that. It's the only companion you have had or known or anything yeah. like that, I'm sure. And so, like, I'm into that, but, like, you know, I, I also don't want it to be, like, I, like, to go to, like, the Spider-Man game from last year. Okay. Like, I don't want there to be, like, whole missions or whole, you know experiences that you have to do with bd i want it to be like he's just there to help a little bit yeah and that's pretty much it like i don't want to have like mary jane missions <laughs> mixed say, in with my spider-man missions there might be at least one mission i feel like there's going to be one mission if i make if i have to make any kind of prediction <laughs> and, and you're going to play into gaming trope something yeah so <laughs> imagine it's like cal gets captured or something like right. that but bd escapes and it's like well bd has to go through all the ventilation ducks <laughs> think about how the the campaign for battle they did that in started. battlefront 2 yeah. yeah which was cool i mean well, I, i'm kind of glad they got it out of the way like right at the start yeah i mean admittedly it was like it was cool like oh i can fly a little robot it's yeah. kind of cool you know but yeah so i don't know bd seems cute i'll be interested to see what else he brings to the table so uh, yeah, the last little bit of news I will bring is apparently uh, Alphabet Squadron is out. Um, if you guys have a chance to go check that out, you should. I am going to be picking it up before too long if it is indeed out. I only know this because uh, our one YouTube channel we bring up all the time, Star Wars Explained, uh, just put out a spoiler re- re- spoiler-free review today. And basically saying that the book is awesome. And uh, the one tidbit I will tell you that I did learn... Is apparently the book is self-aware to the point where they know that Alphabet Squadron is a dumb name. 
<laughs> so I mean, well, just, that's good. Yeah, I feel like at one point they're gonna. They're, I guess in the book they actually bring up the idea. It's like you could call it Alphabet Squadron. Like, what? Yeah. So I don't yeah, know. sorry. I I kind of looked. I somewhat tuned out because I was looking online, and yes, it came out today, June eleventh. Nice. Okay. So yeah. I'll definitely Not that get... you guys will probably hear that today. In <laughs> no. fact, it probably won't go up until sometime tomorrow, but that's yeah, besides the point. No, it's brass tacks. Uh, so, yeah, well, yeah, keep your eye out for it, or at least, you know, go and check it out. I'm sure we'll both be getting it at some point, or one of the both of us will be getting it at some point and yeah. uh, going at it. Admittedly, the most recent book I got, like audiobook, you know, you're actually going to be surprised about this. I got it. It's called uh, uh, Destiny Arrives. Destiny Arrives. It's uh, not a Star Wars book. It doesn't sound like a Star Wars book. But it was narrated by Mark Thompson. Oh, is that what prompted you to get it? It's exactly. Because I was like, I, I, I saw it on there. I was like, I'm just going to type Mark Thompson. I'm curious to see what else he's done. <laughs> he's done a lot of like young adult literature, a okay. lot of Star Wars, but a lot of like young adult stuff. And then this popped up and all right, I can get into this. <laughs> Destiny Arrives is the five hour novelization of Infinity War. Oh, <laughs> well, now that sounds pretty good. I was about to say it was really good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, a beach reader type book. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, like, the, uh, the, the title is ambiguous. Yeah, already. Yeah, but I think it's literally just called like Avengers: Destiny Arrives or something like that. Okay, because there was, I mean, they they said as much as they released a book about um, Thanos and like his, you know, his early days and his motivations and whatnot. And I was like, that'd be interesting to get, but I have yet to find the audiobook for that myself. Um, but I found this and I was like, well, what the heck? I'll give it a shot. And I'll tell you what, just, I mean, just for the work I'm doing now, driving around in a big truck, listening to that. I was a little kid again. Cause I was just like, oh, this is so funny, <laughs> but it's just Mark Thompson doing his, doing Mark Thompson. And he does it so good. Oh, that's good. I was just like, it's just like a whole new story, you yeah. know? So it was really well done. Um, <laughs> I will say, I'm trying to think if, the, if there's any characters I can relate it to. Because I know you've started on audiobooks, like, uh, as recently as, like, a month or so ago, like, with the Aftermath books. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I finally finished the Aftermath trilogy by audio, via audiobook, and, yeah, it's a few others. So, you know, like, how Thompson has that one deep voice he uses every so often? Mm-hmm. Like, he's describing, like, a bigger character here or there. He, that's the voice that he uses for Thanos, and it's actually like really well done. Because I was just the other side of it. I was like, I don't know how they're going to well. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was just a weird sidebar. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to get Alphabet Squadron this weekend. So Fair enough. Or well. probably the sequel. So, should we get into it then, man? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so, big topic today. This? What's your plan? Uh, or something like that. Some rescue. <laughs> All right, so again, to put this into uh, terms that everyone can understand, I think what the the way we're going to go about this is I'm going to ask Andrew uh, to explain a plan from The Last Jedi. Yes. And you are going to have me explain the plan, or you're going to ask me to explain the plan uh, from Return of the Jedi. Yes. So we're kind of going to go bounce it back and forth on this. Now, yes. I already gave you this heads up, uh, but I'm going to give it again just for everyone's uh, awareness. I, this is like a two-part plan I have to ask you about. Sure. Uh, for The Last Jedi. So, Andrew. Yes, the whole, <laughs> <laughs> The whole Haldo versus Poe, you know, uh, outrunning the First Order thing. That was their plan? Is that what I do? 
Yes. I think that's a good idea. That was their plan. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All I'm right. going to have to figure out how to phrase my question to you that way. It's like, that was their plan. <laughs> that was their plan. <laughs> that's how the cookie goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. That was their plan. Yes. So, I know, I know, a lot of people really hate Vice Admiral Amelyn Haldo. And they think that she is a completely inept military leader. But I'm here to tell you that that's not true. Okay, tell me. Well, first off, the whole point, I think, of that arc Mm -hmm. is it's all about Poe learning hubris. Right. Like, after he basically caused the entire Starfighter fleet to be destroyed during the battle with the Dreadnought while they were leaving Dakar. While he refused a direct order, mind you. Yes, from General Organa, even. It's not even like he was being insubordinate to Haldo before. It was somebody that he actually knows and likes Mm -hmm. in Leia that he was just like, no, we're going to do this. Yeah. We got this is our one chance. Yes. So, anyways. And then this was basically him learning that actions have consequences. (laughs) (laughs) And in reality, like, so first off, Haldo didn't owe... Poe anything. No. He's a, he's a junior officer to her. Right. And like, I mean, it gets a little confusing. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I kind of struggle with sometimes is like the rank affiliations in Star Wars. Right. Oh, well, I mean, to put it, to put it in lamest terms, like the rank more or less still follows what you would typically see in you know, like an army or anything like that. Right? right. For sure. But it's like, I think where I get confused is like the Navy and the Air Force are ultimately kind of one. I think so, yeah. In, like, the Star Wars universe. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like... Space Force, if you will. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's one twist on it. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> but so it's kind of like... I mean, and I'm not... I mean, obviously, she is an admiral, which is, you know, pretty... Like, even as a vice admiral, that's pretty much as high as you get. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he, at his highest rank, was commander... Right. And then he got demoted. beaten down on Yeah. And then he got slapped. Yeah. And then he got demoted slapped. That's yeah. <laughs> Back down to captain. Oh so, I mean, clearly he's he does not outrank her and he cannot, you know, elicit rank from her. Or at the same time, just, I mean, all right. So, to throw it back at you, because yes. I, I realize that I'm actually helping your point here. <laughs> um, Don't worry. I'll help you in yours. All right. All right. All right. Because <laughs> you're saying all this stuff and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, so Haldo says as much when she's first anna- like announced as the you know basically the le- the de facto leader right. for the time being. There are less than four hundred people yes. left in the entire resistance. You don't think it would be a good idea to at least lay some groundwork, other than like our missions to survive, right? So I mean, not <laughs> to mention that like also just the fact that like of the resistance, they're made up of four ships, I think. Like, that's not including their, their uh, escort fighters or anything like that. I think it's, like, three support ships. Yes. And then, and like, the, the main cruiser. Yeah, and Home One. Yeah. Or, no, it's not Home One. It's, it's Raddus. I always Sorry. forget that. I thought you were defending this. Come on. <laughs> <But> anyways. <laughs> it's my man, Raddus. <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah, so what's the deal with that? Like, there's less than 400 people. Why wouldn't she share it, dude? Well, the whole thing is that they didn't understand if there could be a mole or not. That's true. And that even telling, you know, the few officers that remain, I mean, chances are probably better than not that in order to actually, you know, to do what the First Order successfully did in terms of, like, trapping them in hyperspace Mm -hmm. would require somebody with seniority to relay those plans 
to the First Order, which, might I add, Poe successfully does, even when he doesn't think he's doing it. Yeah, I mean, all right, so you're making me just think about a bunch of other stuff now. <laughs> all right, for, for one second, can we talk about the other side of this bad plan? Not so much to Poe or Holdo. It's the enemy. Mm-hmm. Specifically Hux. Right. Hux is a terrible commander. Yes. I love his character and I love <laughs> Dom Hall Gleason, but like, God, is he a terrible officer? Yeah. And they say as much in the novelization mm-hmm. to the point where like other officers kind of just like they, they, you know, they shrug their, their shoulders at him. Like, yeah. Like, serious? how did you get here? <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many obvious things they could have done. All right. So the guy who's in charge of the dreadnought at the beginning, right? He's right. like, scrambled off fighters five bloody minutes ago. You know, like he had the right of it. He's like, look, they're going to send some support craft out of us. We should do it. It's not like we don't have, you know, it's not like we're lacking ships. He's, or anything like that. He's like a hero in uh, <laughs> in Star Wars fan circles. Isn't They're he like though? he's like the first demonstrably competent like uh, like ranking officer outside of General Veers. Yeah, she's like you won't punch our armor. He's not trying to punch our armor. He's taking out our guns. Like <laughs> he's like won't you people open your eyes? Like yeah. so yeah. Like I would have loved if he was in charge. Yes. But let's get back to it. So Hux. Yes. His entire plan to menace this fleet is to essentially follow them as slowly as possible. <laughs> and now they explain it to the point where, like, uh, the cruisers are smaller than the Star Destroyers and the big Dreadnought Destroyer, the Supremacy. Right. But at the same time, and a lot of people always bring this up, now explain this away. Why couldn't the First Order just hyper-jump in front of them? <laughs> well, now that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I got that's, you there. You got me there. All right, yeah. <laughs> I I wonder if it has to do with hyperspace tracking only works if both ships are in hyperspace and that if they jump to hyperspace and like unless they could make, you know, a very very micro jump that would just put them like kilometer know, kilometers yeah. yeah. Then they might not be able to successfully recover the Radis. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. We've already talked about as much that like hyperspace travel already is finicky as is. Right. And obviously there's a big, there's a lot to do with hyperspace travel in this story. Yeah. You know, and with I think, Aldo and everything. Yeah. And I think another thing, and like, this is kind of an amalgamation of something that I did read. <laughs> um, but basically I wonder if she kind of set the, you know, all of the other support ships behind the Radis mm-hmm. as kind of a form of, like, chaff. Protection. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Which makes sense. Yeah. I they, mean, they say as much. They, they just eliminate, eliminate them one by one as they yeah. fall beyond the barrier, if you will, or whatever. Right. That it kind of, like, the... Like they, the supremacy would have hi- either like had to jump through them. Like maybe those ships actually kind of blocked all of the possible routes around. Right. I like that. That's yeah. A good, that's a good idea. Okay. All right. All right. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And what I mean, and and so kind of the other half of that is that, you know, Haldo is actually of those support ships drops off. Yeah. And because we'll- she believe like what I think she figures out and is correct is that they can only track one ship. And it's, they're only tracking the Radis. Right. right. So that's why they like they literally just let the other ships like fall off and just die. And like they don't even like acknowledge it. Okay, so to that end. 
All right, so like I think in particular they focus on the medical frigate, right? Right. Um, at one point, like yeah, the guy's like he's like it's been an honor, Admiral. God, speed rebels, and he gets all blown up, right? Yes. Um, it won't. It, it hit me in the head about it because it's like all right, so to their logic, at least the first order's logic, the smaller the craft, the faster you are. Right. The three support crafts are smaller than the Rattus. Mm-hmm. Thus, wouldn't they be faster? Probably, and if that's the tr- if that's the case, and there's only four hundred freaking people, yeah, why not just shove them all in there, yeah, and let the let the medical frigate go and yeah. leave the radars behind? Like, it doesn't <laughs> seem like or they're worried about gas. Leave just enough gas to make that jump, son. Yeah, you know, and then put the rest of it in this because it'll be. I mean, it'll have it for days or something. Like, right. That's another thing that got to me was like, why not go to the smaller support craft? Well, I would agree. Sense. I mean, I you know, I think. Uh, I mean, they talk about star destroyers, and you know, they like an average like imperial era star destroyer, mm-hmm. like housed like over a 10, thousand. thousand. Yeah, almost. Yeah. You know, so like I would certainly think that a you know medical frigate could hold four hundred, and yeah, they could probably make multiple jumps, get away. They wouldn't even know that they were you know jumping t- into a little guy or just yeah. the one person. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, so that's uh, a that's a plot hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really gonna try to defend that. Okay. I mean, you know, ultimately, like Holdo's ultimate ambition to get to crate where she believes they'll stand a better chance. Okay. And like, I mean, and further, you know, she's using these other support ships as a you know Decoy test, or yeah, something like that. And and as she's learning that clearly the supremacy can't track those ships, she's like, well, we can definitely get away in our transport ships, the little ones, yeah, yeah. We just have to get close enough that they have range. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, it's all. I think it's all based on. I mean, to. I think it's all based on hope, you know, mm-hmm. as it goes. Well, that's what she says. Exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> we have one mission. It's to survive everybody. Um, all right. So let's get back at it. Um, the plan straight up from Poe. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, Poe never doesn't have this idea. The Poe is the, the Poe. The, po. <laughs> the plan actually is, originates with like Finn and Rose, right? Finn and Rose. It's yeah. thrusted upon him by those two mm-hmm. because Finn was trying to escape. Rose stunned him. And then next thing you know, Finn's like, they're tracking us. And she's like, Are you be sure? And it's like, I don't know. It's like, okay, <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, seriously though. Like it's just the two of them having this weird interaction, Finn and Rose. And all of a sudden just being like, oh, I guess we can actually get out this way. You know, it's like they're tracking us through hyperspace. Finn knows this because he's a former stormtrooper. Yeah. And then Rose is like, I could disable it. It's like, okay, well, how are you going to get there? And then here's the other side of it. They need a slicer and a damn good one too. It's the resistance. Dude, how do they not have slicers? Yeah. Let alone where's, the uh, best one. Yeah. Where's um what's his face? Oh, Con- From uh, Ka- Kyle Condor. Um, Condor Kyle. Yeah. A favorite gay man. Well, yes. I mean, he, your yeah. second favorite gay yeah, man. Yeah, behind Sinjir. They're, yeah. they're a couple, so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love Condor. He's yes. awesome. Yeah. Because he was just like, I don't know, I, he'd be one of those people you want to meet in the flesh. He's just like, he has that kind of dashing rogueness to him. I don't yes. Know. <laughs> God, I think I'm falling in love. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so, all right, Condor in the Aftermath series, basically, he's, he's proffered to be one of the best slicers in the galaxy. Maybe he is like the Justin Thoreau slicer that they were supposed to find. That would be interesting. With the, like, what is it, the, Pleur de Lune. The, the, yeah, the rose plume or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> And so, yeah, and then, like, all of a sudden, somehow they get so lucky to the point where they get put in the cell with some guy who's like, I can do it, you know. Also, uh, 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 I yeah. can do it. DJ 
is my new favorite character. <laughs> All right, so I watched this last night, and okay. I will be honest with you. I think last night was probably the second or third time I've watched it all the way through. Okay. Because, I mean, I'm one of those people who, like, you, know, you have YouTube. You can look up this part yeah, and that part and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it just, your you, favorite scenes. It's all out there, right? But, like, actually watching it all the way through, it just it affects you that much more. But, like, I freaking love DJ. Do you know how he gets his name? <laughs> no. You don't know this? Mm-mm. I know it because I read the book. But uh, <laughs> in the book, apparently, uh, Rose notices that he has uh, two initials on his hat. DJ. Mm-hmm. And according to him, he actually points at it at one point and goes, don't join. Live <laughs> free. Don't join. <laughs> oh. That's what DJ stands for. Don't wow. join. What? Before about DJ, the thing I loved about him was the fact that like it's one of the first characters you get to see actually slice. Yes. You know? And like slicing has always been like a very interesting look into the Star Wars underworld and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like to actually see him go through like the little devices that he needs, like it was really cool. And I really hope that, like, there's some way that they could bring him back in uh, Rise of the Skywalker. Because, like, he was just one of those characters you kind of want more of. Yeah. I mean, it's Benicio Del Toro. Well, yeah. And, like, I feel like his portrayal was, like, or, like, his amount of screen time, I would say, was, like, tasteful. Right. So it wasn't so much that, like, it wasn't over the top. Like, I think that type of portrayal would have gotten to be too much if like they tried to like jar jar him into the movie yeah but like he was subtle enough that like he also like you could you could feel like the stink on him yeah like I, they were already made him out to be a dirty character but like you could almost feel it on him like that's mm-hmm. that's kind of how i looked at it and he's just like he kind of comes off as a scummy person but like he was cool yeah he wasn't too <laughs> overly done up but it was just like it was done really well yes um let me see here I, I know I have a whole bunch of different like things to it. So the point I was trying to get at with Rose and Finn thrusting the plan onto Poe mm-hmm. is that like, well, we need a good slicer. Then Poe's like, I know somebody. Not Finn. Right. Poe. Yeah. How does Poe know Kaz? Maz. Maz. Oh, I wrote it down <laughs> wrong. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Maz Kanata. I, you get what I'm trying to say. That is an excellent question. Isn't Kaz the kid from... Kaz, Resist- yeah. Resistance. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Anyways, yeah. Does Poe know Maz, or did Finn be like, I know a girl with little beady eyes. It's, <laughs> uh, you know, she knows, she knows stuff. Yeah. I mean, it certainly does portray as, like, Poe is the one to initiate that conversation doesn't make any sense no it doesn't and like i don't (laughs) i don't really have a good excuse for that like i mean i think there's certainly a connection that can be found like in terms of like the poe dameron comics most likely where like yes he is a pilot but he's not he is kind of like a you know partial reconnaissance agent as well yeah um you know and he might have connections with her that way that would be the most sensible thing because she seems to be like that well connected yeah i could see that but like i would almost think that like if he knew if he knows her like surely he must know at least one actual slicer yeah probably with you know fairly favorable view towards the resistance well that's what i'm getting at like you know if the resistance doesn't already have one on standby like i feel like that's a necessary thing yeah with all the stories and everything that you and i read i feel like it's always like well it was a slicer that saved the day or something like that you know Um, and that's definitely like a star wars trope is that like characters are their jobs yes like Everywhere in Star Wars. Oh, for sure. I mean, the the the, the book I've talked uh, talked about before, the the Scoundrels one, mm-hmm. which is like Space uh, Oceans Eleven. Um, it's uh, 
I mean, every character has their part to play. Lando's the front man and all this kind of stuff, you know, and like there's the hard guy, there's the the car thief, the magician, stuff like that. Like it's everyone has their part to play, like you say, and it, it's interesting like that. Okay, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. I think, um, yes, I, the, 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 the basic notes that I wrote down were like kind of sporadic. It got to a point where after, like, after the plan was initialized, where I just started making like little sidebar notes because it's just been so long since I saw it. Yeah, you know, I will say so much that like, I have no problem with this film, but like the plan itself will always be that thing where it's like, all right, people are gonna get you under their skin and everything like that. But you made a good point, <laughs> and I agree with you. It's like. Haldo may not have had a plan right off the bat, right. but she's only just been given command. So right. obviously she's going to have to learn how to figure all this stuff out. Poe just goes right up to her afterwards and was like, what's your plan? And she's like, I don't know. I just got this promotion. So why don't you give me a break and I'll talk to you or whatever. Like, yeah. But Poe himself is so insubordinate, like just so jumpy to the point where he just he almost screws the entire resistance. Right. So I don't yeah, know. I mean, ultimately like I, I am 100% on board for like the, you know, Poe could be court-martialed. Yeah. I know. I think it was like, I don't know. It, one of like the major like star Wars adjacent, like conference or uh, conventions, not conferences. <laughs> um, they, they like did this. They did like the court-martial of Poe Dameron. Wow. And I think they found him guilty. Which would make sense. Yeah. I mean, come on. He just went... Yeah. It, yeah. He might have had good intentions, but it definitely did not end well for him. Right. So. I mean, I, you know, I guess my summation, and I'm not going to necessarily like fully defend it at this point. No, you're all right. But it's like, yeah. I, I mean, I've been long on the record saying that like that's my least favorite part of that story. And, uh, you know, certainly there are a few plot holes, but I think you know, ultimately what it comes down to is like people and like, again, like I'm not saying this to be political or whatever, but like, I feel like people just look at Haldo and like the way that she's kind of portrayed in the film yeah. and they're just like, well, this is just, you know, blind feminism. It's just, it's not that. And yeah. And like, I think if you, and I think what also happens, and this is actually, I think a very well done thing on Ryan Johnson's behalf is that he kind of at first he shows us this whole thing unfolding from Poe's perspective right and in reality if you actually had like an omnipresent view of it you could see that he's the one who's kind of going yeah that he's literally just being like a moronic hothead which yeah it makes perfect sense uh the I mean I I really was just not liking Poe yeah there, I mean, he's the hero. He's you know, he's he's on the posters and everything like that. So it's obvious, like, all right, we want to follow this character. Mm -hmm. But the choices he makes are just—it's baffling. I don't yeah. know. It's like, why? Yeah. I mean, he should have just never gone along with the plan that was provided by Finn and Rose. Like, I don't think they're like commissioned officers, so they're not <laughs> subject to the same Finn's level. A f former stormtrooper yeah. that not <laughs> he's many literally people like trust. just along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, and then I think Rose is just a technician of some yeah. kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Probably fairly low-ranking anyway. I know they bring up her like career a little bit more in the book, but mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly what she did. I think she just helped out on the bombers. Right. Which, that is a whole other topic. You want to send what? <laughs> you know, to go after what? <laughs> to, to do what? <laughs> so... Uh, I, think, I mean, we can probably come back to this one. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We'll add that to the list. Yeah. But, all right, so you are you saying that that was the plan? Is that what you're saying? Yes. 
What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that, yes, Haldo was perhaps a little bit pissy with Poe. Mm-hmm. That she could have addressed perhaps certain other officers with news about what the plan was. Right. And yes, there probably were some ways around it. But, it's but just, she once she figured it out and she had made up her mind that they were going to crate. That's it. That was it. There was no going back. I mean, she probably had to like physically do the like the calculations. Will our fuel get us close enough? Yeah. And like she needed to buy time and she needed to figure out how the empire was doing what they were doing. So ultimately, I don't believe that she's to blame. Yeah. I just uh, the last thing I'll add to this was, like I said, since I was watching it for the first time last night, I was watching it with Eva. I'm glad that she's there to watch these movies with me because I feel like she just keeps me grounded. Uh-huh. Because there's one point, like I think it was like, oh god, there was like one point where uh, it was that it was that whole big scene between Ben and um, and Luke at the end, mm-hmm. and it's like Kylo coming in and doing his thing, and you know, like going through Luke, and Luke's like, ah, see you around, kid, see you around, kid, and like I I I remember myself like even I, I'm like a freaking mess like i'm like i'm like holding on holding back my emotions and eva's just like oh he's you know he's like oh he showed him he's like Whoa, like that kind of <laughs> stuff you know and eva's just like that and i'm just like yeah yeah <laughs> you're, you're right you're right <laughs> you did show him <laughs> i'm just holding back tears i'm good so you know that's that i don't know i just i was making me laugh last night i just think to myself like she could be just such she could just be herself and like i'm just a puddle of crap so <laughs> yeah. it's like <laughs> all right so that was your plan. I like that plan. It's a good plan. Thanks. Somehow it worked. Yes. So, I mean, there's that. There is that. <laughs> it's called plot armor. <laughs> yeah. Also known as General Hux. Yeah. Oh well, also him. Okay. <laughs> so that was your plan. I liked it. Yes. All right. So is it my turn? It's your turn. So what? So this was my plan. So... The plan I, I go well, ahead. hold on. Let me let me phrase the question to you. Yes, please. So was it always Luke's plan to literally be on the diving board, the plank, I guess, of the sail barge mm. and then launch himself into the air and catch his lightsaber magically in the deserts of Tatooine in right. order to rescue Han from Carbonite? This was his plan. Duh. <laughs> right off the bat. All right, so let's just kind of lay it out. Let's the let's start from the beginning. Sure. All right. So well, actually, to start from the beginning, we have to go back a whole nother movie. Oh, for yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so here's my my first question to you. Hit me. In the final scene of Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. we see Lando dressed literally in Han Solo's clothing. <laughs> yeah. And Chewie leaving the medical frigate. In the Millennium Falcon, and Luke says to them, we'll meet you at the rendezvous at Tatooine. He says it, Tatooine. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, like, it says it real fast. Yeah. So, did Lando and Chewie go straight there? Ooh. Well, you know what? That's weird. All right. So, to give a little perspective on this, um, yes. Okay. All right. What I think happened... <coughs> I think that Lando and Chewie went straight for Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to that end, they were going to, like, 
he was going to, uh, Lando was going to get himself dropped off and Chewie was going to back off with the Millennium Falcon or whatever. And then I think Lando was going to do the grunt work and work his way into Jabba's palace. Now, it's not really said if, you know, Lando took somebody's position or earned his way there. But I feel like with the time in the movies to make this successful and like to have that inside man, you'd have to actually do that. But at the same time, oh, God, Lando. He's leaving all of his duties at Cloud City behind. Well, I mean, it's under the control of the Empire now. That's so. true, crud. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's got time on his hands. I mean, what the heck? There is a reason that he's wearing Han's clothes. And that reason is? The reason is because he literally left his home with the clothes on his back. Well, and he, all he had fair. to work with was what was in the ship. And that just happened to be Han's wardrobe. He probably could have gotten some robes from Luke. Or something. Or a tunic from the medical frigate, for yeah. goodness sake. But he's just like... I'm sure 2-1-B could have fixed something up for him. I feel like he was the most uncomfortable he's ever been because there was no cape. Yeah. You know? He was just like... Ugh. I don't have anything pulling me back, you know, like it's just, it's just what it was. Well, so then my follow up to that real quick is like, okay. So (laughs) the millennium Falcon appears on Tatooine, Tatooine, Tatooine. And Lando is still wearing Han's clothes. Right. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So he's like a weird fanboy or something. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and so does he just like walk up to Jabba's palace then? Oh God. All right. So, there's another staple here that's hard to p- predict. Mm-hmm. So the helmet that Lando wears, right? The, yes. the guard uniform, if you will. Yeah. It's already made mention in uh, the, solo the solo movie, movie that it's always been on the ship, that Lando's always used it. That's fair. And this was Lando's ship beforehand anyways. Yes. So, I mean... He probably uh, knew exactly what was in the closet. Shit. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. All right. Well, that just which still doesn't. So to me, that only <laughs> confuses why he would actually wear Han's clothes. Oh my God. I guess that's true because Han doesn't really have much in the way of like a change of wardrobe. He's always wearing the hero pants and like the vests and whatnot. Yeah. He has a jacket in Empire, yes. and that's about it. And then I think in Return. He just has that camo like trench coat, which is cool. <laughs> Spray painted camo. That's cool. I mean, come on, it's the rebels. It's all they had to work with. Just get uh, what's her name in there, Sabine. Yes, and uh, have her do her thing. Yeah, um, but it would have been neon. It wouldn't have worked. Uh, <laughs> this is bad. Uh, yeah, so I just kind of worked myself into a corner on that one. Because how does he have the helmet? How does the helmet not be caught out as being a fake? How does no one recognize Lando? The most Da- like dashy gambler in the galaxy. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that. I just yeah. wanted to start there because I feel like it's important to start with the end of Empire into this. Into this, right? But so now you can explain <clears throat> the plan to me. Okay, so it opens up with uh, you know Luke, uh, not Luke, with R two and C three PO walking towards the palace, and C three PO is already like you know in a in a crappy mood because he's got to walk in sand. You know, it's coarse and rough gets everywhere, especially for droids. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, he just, like, C-3PO wants nothing to do with this. But R2-D2 is so so willing, he's doing anything for his master, and C-3PO is like, this is undignified. And all of a sudden, like, he doesn't know anything about the message. Correct. Uh, and when they get, uh, you know, an announcement to Jabba, I don't even know what their plan was originally. It was just, like, when they went in there? I, I can't remember that exactly. Well, that's my, that's my next question, okay. is... Why like, did what they if, show up? Well, yeah. What if John, like, so I think like Luke 
the way that he kind of phrases it in his message is like, here is a token of my gratitude. Have these two droids. Yeah. If you'll free Captain Solo. So what if he had, what if Jabba was just like, oh yeah, that's fine. I think he would have just been like, okay. He just calls up Lando. He's like, Lando, get out of there. You're good. Well, that's the other side of it too. Because obviously everyone has to be put in the proper place for everything to work out. And so that means not only do R2-D2 and C-3PO have to be enslaved. That means that like the next day or so, uh, the, um, the, the bounty hunter is going to show up with uh, Chewie. Right. And I know there's a name for her, but I can't Boosh. remember. Is it Boosh? Boosh. Boosh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Almost sounds like Bosch. Oh, shush. It's not that bad. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Callie's mooing in the background or something. Anyways. Okay. Second follow-up to that, then. Okay. What if Jabba gets the droids and either immediately destroys them or puts restraining bolts on them? That's also true. You figured he's a big guy. Like, that would be his one thing. He ca- he takes him down to the chop shop where they have all the other droids. You figured that <laughs> the, the would be droid like one torture. thing. Yeah. And I, I love that scene because there's just that gonk droid that can, for some reason, speak English. Yeah. And it's just, no, no. And all of a sudden, just, ah, you know, gets burned on the feet. Like, how do you feel that? Do droids feel pain? I don't think so. I don't know. Do they dream of electric sheep? I want to know. Um, but... Yeah, this is this is hard to defend. I know, baby. Anyways, um, so everything had to really be put into place. Uh, Bush had to show up with uh, Chewbacca at the right time. He had to have just straight up captured Chewie versus like killing him or anything like that. Otherwise, that wouldn't have worked. Chewie was just as pivotal. I don't know why they couldn't. I mean, I I feel like if they wanted to do something. You know, to appease Jabba, they should have brought Chewie along. But at the same time, I feel like if that would have happened, then Chewie would probably be in Carbonite right next to uh, Han. And that's a whole... That's that's just so hard to really get at. It's, I'm having a very hard time defending this. I'll, I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest. So this all had to work out properly so that at one point, Boosh, who's just staying at the at the temple, apparently, like she just got her own room. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know, Bomar monk. Temple. Yeah, or so, yeah, it, like, and she sneaks her way down into the dais in the middle of the night, and somehow, some way, I don't know how it's so quiet that she's able to get the pallet that has Han in it. Or here's another question: if that if that pallet can hover, like so often, why not do, just hover it on out? Yeah, exactly. Just you know, call the Millennium <laughs> Falcon in and go in. Well, actually, you couldn't do that because they don't slave their ship to no one. <laughs> um, that's a Thrawn callback, an old Thrawn callback. Yes, um, backing call. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they could have done that. Um, you know, R two with all of his modifications that no one ever ever seemed to find since like the since the prequels could have done a bunch of stuff. He could have flown around there. He could have set the whole place on fire. Well, we'll have Han would have been fine. I, I will ask that question at a later point. Fair enough. All right. So <laughs> I guess to answer your question now, it's just I don't know <laughs> keep it simple uh yeah it, everything just had to work out perfectly and then luke showing up at the right time uh this is something that i also noticed about luke uh or just jedi in general like i think it's played more for laughs than anything else when it comes to the phantom menace the whole scene between qui-gon and Watto, where he's like credits will do fine no they won't like that kind of deal because it's like obviously he's like Jedi, you know, Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and like there's other species, including uh, the the huts, the huts, who actually are force resistant that way. Right. So I know that Luke probably didn't know that. But do you think there's like a registry of that kind of stuff of like who's force sensitive and who isn't? Yeah. I mean, I can I will give Luke a pass because like how could he have known? Yeah. I mean, given that I mean, even if you go into like the new Marvel Comics canon, like the only like basically the only teaching tool that he has outside of like the limited time he spends with Obi-Wan and Yoda yeah. is Obi-Wan's journal. That's true. In which he doesn't like it's like an actual journal. If you follow the comics. Yo, it is. <laughs> like, you, it's not. Sorry. Okay. Have you started into that Darth Vader stuff yet? Not yet. Okay. Because there's actually, there's more, they, they do bring in more of the, how he learns and everything like that. Like, uh-huh. and it's interesting how they do it. I'll be curious when you get there. Okay. Uh, I'll just say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Luke had to, I mean, obviously he was able to make um, Bib Fortuna, like, bow to his whim because Biv is just he's just that an sensitive. Idiot. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and like I, I mean, there's also that point where like the the Camorians wake up and mm-hmm. they're like and all of a sudden he's just like and they're like they're just like lay well, back against ch- their thing. Well but he's choking them. Is he choking them? Yes. I don't think he's choking them. Definitely. I think they woke up, they were like, who's this guy? And then Luke just went you know, kind of went like, it's cool, gang. And then he, they were like, okay. And then just went back to sleep. They're sleeping standing up, no less. That's impressive. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure they, like, walk back with their hands on their throats. I didn't think that. I, I have to watch that again. God. Maybe they did a different, like, maybe now, like, in the special editions, they did that. But definitely in the original cut of Return of the Jedi. You're going to have to come over to my house. We'll watch that. Yeah. Because I have my VCR set up. Yeah. I'll risk it. Just so we can settle this. <laughs> all right. So, what's the next question? Seriously, I'm I'm running out of steam here. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're all right. Um, okay. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's a crazy thing. I guess the only other to backtrack just one more time in terms of like I don't really have anything to say about like the Rancor pit like yeah. I don't like I don't think that's a variable that Luke could have really been prepared for and even if it was like I mean he probably was like okay I'm a Jedi I can take down a beast with like my ingenuity or he could be attuned to it or whatever attuned yeah, yeah. he could have tried to Ezra it yeah god that was a note I forgot anyways go um, back but anyway uh, to go back just one more time, I guess I want to ask, is Lando actually part of the plan? Or do you think he actually just like snuck in there himself? Well, I kind of feel like, you know, like to the point that you were making about like you would think that Lando would be well recognized. Right. What if he did just like literally walked into Jabba's palace and was like, Jabba, I need a job. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Maybe. Because, I mean, look, you already said it yourself. He's on the outs with uh, Cloud City. Yeah. Obviously, he'd be working, looking for some work, at the very least. Job is the one person to go to. Why not? And maybe he's also the same. He's like the front man because he goes in there, spins a yarn for Jabba, and then he's also to get the intel on the layout so that Luke can set up his plan. 
See, now that's the plan right there. Well, there you go. He's the front man. He goes in. He gets the groundwork. He's the inside man. Literally. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's just like, he transmits everything back to him. He's like, here's how you sneak in. Don't forget about the Rancor, sir. You know, there you go. <laughs> it's probably best if you don't have your lightsaber on you, because if you do, they might kill you, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So it's so, it's so incredibly convenient, this yes. plan. Yes. And it's kind of the same way with... The, the plan that I asked you about, in a way. Yes. Even though it's the basis of the entire plot for you, at least it made more sense, I think, than, like, Luke's plan to do this whole thing. Yeah. So... Well, I think that's just it. It's like... I don't... Like, the last Jedi plot... And I have one more question, but I, I'll address this right now, because I don't think we'll get back to it. Okay. But it's like, yeah. Like, the last Jedi plot actually does make sense. It's just that, like, you kind of have to... You might have to in like experience it more than once to kind of recognize that. Whereas yeah. I think like the the Jabba's Palace plot is almost the opposite. Like the first time you watch it, it's like, wow, that's so cool. Like yeah. that played out perfect. Yeah. But then the more that you think about it, it's, it's like, like, oh, this does not make any it sense. Doesn't make at any all. sense at all. So yeah, now that I'm even thinking about it, so Leia letting Han out. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that was part of the plan or if she was just like, or she's part of the plan. She, yeah. Because <laughs> she's had her, she has her own agenda. Yeah. Maybe Luke was just going to be like, you know, distract everybody with a force suggestion or something like that and just hover <laughs> like, the crap out of there. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Or, but it's like maybe her and Chewie were working together. Yeah. And then they just happened to show up. Yeah. You know, and then and all of a almost sudden, totally ruined it. Yeah, because Luke and, like had already planted R two D two and C three PO, and he's like, mm-hmm, "This show worked perfectly." Yeah, and then he hears the news, he's like, "Oh, Chewbacca got caught too." Well, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. It's like I had all my things they were yeah. set up right there. So, yeah, I don't the know. only thing I can say to that end is like, you know, if if I were Leia doing that over again, yeah, I'd have at least convinced Chewie to pretend to put on the stun cuffs again you yeah it's a pretty pretty obvious thing that he's like completely just like walking with her <laughs> like, yeah. like he does not seem to be her prisoner in any way shape or form there's no way that she could handle him yeah you know that we've seen as much before that like it doesn't take much for a wookie to break bonds yes and stuff like that so uh, i mean i want to end with two quick things do it first off how does r2 get to the outside level of Jabba's cell barge? Uh, I think it's handicapable. <laughs> yeah, actually, that might make sense. The, 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 that's the only real conclusion. There's, presumably, is, there is a ramp because Jabba needs a ramp. That, that's what I would say. <laughs> it's either that or it's a lift. You know, like or it's could his just, long like, lost rocket boosters. Or it's, yes, that's what I'm saying, dude. They're they're going to be cannoned again before too long. I Probably, guarantee you. Yeah. that's how the rise of the Skywalkers going to go off. Luke's going to come back to life. Hold on <laughs> to our two, and it's like, hold on, buddy. <laughs> Fly right into Palpatine's ghost or whatever the heck it's going to be. <laughs> and then, and then final thing. This isn't like a plot hole. I'm not. You don't have to explain this, but I'm just curious. So. I fully accept that Luke uses the force to grab his lightsaber once R2 has ejected it. Right. I mean, I don't think there's any other way for that to work out. Otherwise, it's just a lucky, lucky catch. Yes. How far do you think he could actually do that? Like, if he was on, like, that other, like, that other, like, skiff that was, like, a little bit further out, do you think he still could have reached it? I don't know. I think he would. Or is it, like, Mjolnir? with Thor and like he can just as long as he's willing to wait for it he can wait as long as he needs to exactly now I know I know what you mean by that because it's it's a perfect that's a perfect analogy for it yes but at the same time Mjolnir 
comes no matter what. Like, nothing stops it, basically, except, you know, Thor's hand. Whereas Luke has the ability to guide it. You're right. So for that matter, you know, uh, it could have went completely haywire or something like that if he wasn't concentrating enough. Right. You know, something like that. But if it was if he was on the other skiff, if he's if he was on the further skiff, mm-hmm. it's that one second that makes the difference, I think. Okay. Because all right, say he get you know, he gets he gets you know, everything goes down normally and uh, you know, the plan goes according to Luke's plan or whatever. If he's on the other skiff and there's that split second of hesitation, there's a guard that's gonna shoot him. Probably. Because otherwise he's just standing on the plank doing this. Like he's just <laughs> holding his hand straight up, like waiting for something to come. Yes. Because no one else could probably see that. Right. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, and I think they already established as much that like the force is used with that catch because I, going back to um, Heir to the Empire, like the uh-huh. first Thrawn book, mm-hmm. I think it was the first Thrawn book where they brought up Mara Jade's role in the whole plan. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, this is a quick spoiler. Mara Jade is originally supposed to be part of the dancing troupe that is in Jabba's palace. And she was like one of the original dancers, yada, yada, yada. She was, there's a, there's like a weird pipe dream that Luke has where he was reaching for the lightsaber, but then it stopped in midair and went to somebody else. And that somebody else was supposed to be Mara Jade. Right. So it's like a what if kind of deal. Yes. So that's interesting. Deep cut. Deep cut, son. Oh my God. So yeah, that was his plan. And you know what? Bubba dies somehow. That's the worst part of the plan. You made Malakili cry. Yes. That was the worst part of the plan. (laughs) They decided to update all the dancers and make it into a full thing. (laughs) That was the plan. (laughs) I don't know. Jedi rocks, man. (laughs) I honestly think Jedi came out on top today, which I've... Specifically, The Last Jedi came out on top today. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I still I still subscribe to the uh, to the quote from Randall in Clerks Two. There's only one return, and it ain't of the king. That's all I got to say to that. Fair enough. Change my mind. <laughs> that was good, man. Yeah. I like this. This I, is a good. This is good times. Good times. So <laughs> I don't know. I had a great time uh, today. Was uh, it was a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I hope everyone enjoyed themselves. Um, do. Was that a good idea of the plans? Did you guys like that? Do you want us to keep going? What are some other plans we might not have, you know, brought up? I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Uh, but I know that I had a I had a good time doing this, and I would definitely do this again. Um, otherwise, you know, there's no telling what's coming in the future. I just want to thank everyone for listening. Thank everyone for sticking it out with us, and hopefully. You know, we can keep doing this as long as we can, man. I don't know. Absolutely. So, And as ever, just, uh, you know, please, if you're listening here, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's not iTunes <laughs> and, anymore. Yeah. And, uh... You know, subscribe uh, there or wherever you get your podcasts. And check uh, out reggieshousepodcast.com. Yeah, but you can also find the Rust Belt Wristers. I'll be hitting that up probably for Thursday after we know who has won the Stanley Cup. Ooh, wait, who's it down to? <laughs> it is the Blues and the Bruins. The Blues and the Bruins. Yeah. Oh, and Sorry. it's going to game seven. Woo! So that's going to be a good game. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I'm so excited to just watch it without any <laughs> like stake in it whatsoever. Yeah, it's just like it's game. Good enough. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I I like want the Blues to win, so maybe I'll even like if I can find a way, maybe I'll go put ten bucks down on the Bruins or something. Just go down <laughs> just the casino, man. Yeah, 
<laughs> so then I'll have balance on both sides. As all things should be. Yes. Well, hey, I mean, it's it's like watching the Super Bowl. You know, if if the, if your hometown team ain't in it, like it's still a fun watch. You know, you just whatever the case may be, just choose the underdog. Yes. I'm guessing the Jays would be the underdog, or the Blues would be the underdog. Yes. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking Blue Jays. Yeah, no, um, that's a baseball team in Toronto. Sorry, gang. It's all right. Uh, but yeah, so I <laughs> yeah, like but that. To, uh, yeah, check out the Rust Belt Racers and uh, Games Net whenever they get back in gear. I do hope so, because we had a lot of stuff from E3. I know we, we talked a little bit about Star I know, Wars I games. Don't, I don't know what to think about games right now. Right, or that. <laughs> yeah. Or in that, or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. please, guys, get back as soon as you can, because I want to hear your opinions on everything. Because, I mean, anytime I listen to him, I have a great time. Did you have a good time? It was a boring conversation anyway. Ah, Bet it was.